He's in under the wire. Sean comes in three seconds before we go live. That is the the uh, one of the greatest photo finishes I have seen. <laughs> Welcome to explain yourself, Sean. I usually I usually talk to Will first, but if you're going to come in hot like that, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. I hope you guys can hear me okay because I'm on my phone. I'm at my girlfriend's house, but there was wailing and gnashing of teeth, so I decided to come outside. <laughs> that well, is hot. As long as it's cooler there than where I am, I'm, that's great. If not, we're going to forgive you for uh, having to, to do the, uh, the wipe down every two minutes. Yeah, no, it's, it was 111 today. Yowzers. Are, are um, they still doing the, um, the electricity thing where you have to shut off the power? Yeah, for four hours today. So I'm glad I'm over at my girlfriend's house. You can't tell her. I'm using her for her AC. So. <laughs> well, you know what? That is that is commitment to the bit. We really appreciate you coming. <laughs> and if you got to take off because it gets too hot or uh, there's brownout, we will completely understand and appreciate you. Uh, you know what, Will? You're going to go last. Um, uh, Jerry, uh, I'm going to introduce you. Thank you for coming on. Explain yourself. Uh, uh, are, are you in a normal temperature or are you in the sweltering heat? Let's get everybody's temperatures um, before we start. I'm in Maryland, so it's in the 70s. It, it has been in the 90s, though, so the 70s are quite welcome here. Uh, <laughs> I, it has to be hot where you are, Chuck. How, how, how hot are you? I mean, I'm inside, so it's nice. But yeah, it was, I mean, I was driving around uh, door dashing today and it was, it was hot. We're well into the 90s at the very least. Yeah, 90s is kids play. I just heard 111. I I I, st yeah. I stopped complaining about my 89 and high humidity. Will, how is Arkansas? Are we all melting? Uh, we are having a first fall, I think, which is or false fall. I don't know. It's there's a big long list of things that we have in Arkansas, but uh, it was like 60 degrees this morning uh, for the dog walk, and then I think we hit 80s. Maybe it was kind of nice. I'm sure it's gonna, you know swelter and kill us tomorrow but today <laughs> so it was nice <laughs> if you are watching live on youtube or facebook or listening to the podcast you have turned into weather talk with yeah. <laughs> Bill, Jerry, sean and chuck uh we're going to veer very hard into kickstarter campaigns uh that are either comic or uh somehow um fictionally uh angled right now so jerry we usually talk comics but you have an extraordinarily cool kickstarter campaign that i really wanted to talk about um if you had 30 seconds to get somebody interested in your campaign how would you go about doing it um well my small business is called open book chocolates and we make handmade bean to bar chocolate bars with literary inspired flavors so our newest flavor is the picture of dorian gray which is strawberries and juniper berries and dark chocolate yes we are going to get deep deep dark into that story um sean or chuck who wants to tell us about belial as if we were at a comic convention and you had 30 seconds to get somebody interested i see a finger pointing to chuck I don't know, you supposed to follow chocolate <laughs> Ch um, Ch chocolate will do it <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. Um, so when someone comes to my table, I'll tell them that Belial is an action comedy about the original creator fellow trying to take his domain back from Lucifer and the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. 
That is great. Okay, so you guys don't want to follow chocolate. We do a deep dive on these <laughs> projects. I'm going to listen and I'm going to say, let's go to hell first and uh, <laughs> let's talk about Belial first. I'm going to pick up the page and uh, we're going to ch check this baby out. Now, I've read one and two. I have not read the third one yet. Uh, what the heck is going on in this series as I pick up this campaign? You want to go ahead there, Sean? I got the, I got the intro. Well, uh, so far uh, in issue one, he faced uh, we faced against war. Issue two brought us against pestilence and famine. And in this issue, we deal with death. And not only that, but Belial's most trusted general in him are a bit heated. And you can see them right there on the cover going tete-a-tete, if you will. Uh and that's our fun little play. But there we have the, the intro. It's our flashback. That's just sharing some of the process. I felt like, you know, giving people a little bit of insight in, into that and how much work goes into it. Because some people may not know. Not everybody's part of that circle. Right. But so yeah. Is so this the entire team for all three issues the same? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've actually been really lucky. We've um, between Chuck, myself, um, uh, Scott, and then we've got Gregory Warrenchak, like everybody. We've even brought over uh, even a consistent uh, cover colorist. And for now, two and three, we've got um, our team Belial people like Steph Wilson and Carrie Ann and Chris Mad. So some pretty heavy hitters as far as the indie books and covers and very present, very awesome. And, and we're just really honored to have them along the ride with us. So how long would, in a perfect world, how long would Belial's story go? It's going four, four issues. Like <laughs> we, we, we made it as a uh, mini series. Uh -huh. It's going to finish at four. We always had the beginning, middle, and end, what that would look like. when, Because um, the original idea is Sean's. He came to me with this great idea about the original creative hell trying to take um, his, his world back in this great like underdog story. And I pitched an outline. I immediately got excited by it. I pitched an outline to him of what it would look like over um, – over the four issues and that's what we decided and we've been sticking with that so like every we've been very i would almost say like clinical like issues one two and three all 32 pages like all like we we stuck as hard as possible i think like for us very much so we feel like in the indie world a lot of people will be like nah, i want to do this one 26 pages i want to do that one 24 but it, at the end of the day um, kind of feel like sticking to your guns, holding yourself, your head, you know, or you're, you're, you're holding yourself to the fire and basically saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stick with it. We're going to, um, we're going to kind of try to, to make some uniformity in it. And that's where it's gone to. I love your, uh, three headed hellhound. <laughs> the derperus as we call it. <laughs> Did you guys, this is totally out. Has anyone ever seen Devil Dog, the Hound from Hell? No. It's, a, it's a probably late 70s, early 80s uh, horror about a family who adopts a German shepherd. But it is it is a hellhound, and all of a sudden <laughs> some bad stuff starts happening. Uh, it kind of imprinted on my head 
as a very, very young person. So um, whenever I see a three-headed hellhound, I get really excited. <laughs> That's awesome. So you guys write this together. How does, how does that process work? Go ahead, Chuck. Well, so I, I, I write it, um, but we uh, outline it together and we uh, go through the story. So that's why we have uh, Sean down as an editor yeah. um, because he very much is like going through as I'm working on it and going like that j joke didn't hit or um, I'm not sure how I feel about this particular plot point. And, you know, we hash it out and work it out and try to make everything happen. I would actually say one of my one of my favorite jokes and actually so far from early reviews, one that's hit the hardest is we had this great um, Shakespeare joke that I'm super excited about. And I, I dropped the joke and then I sent it out and both Wendy and Sean and a couple others were like, I don't, I don't know that quote. I've never heard that before. And I was like, Oh crap. I was like, but you got to understand, like, this is hilarious. Like it, it's gold. <laughs> I felt so good about it. And so we were able to tweak it enough that I was able to keep the joke and make it make sense and basically put a joke within a joke kind of thing. And now it's even better. And that's just what happens when you've got great people with you who are kind of calling things out and going, yeah, I don't get it, man. And mm -hmm. yeah. If it gets too obscure, it can be, it can be hard and, and obscure yeah. to one person is so obvious to the next. But, you yeah. know, there's something about the Simpsons joke that, you know, every once in a while they'll do one that's just for like 8% of the audience. <laughs> there's something about that joke, too. If you're in that 8%, it's even more special. Well, And if you're not, you almost want to be like, why is that so funny? Like, <laughs> let me look that, this up. Yeah. No, that that is awesome. Um, where, I, I'm sure, Chuck, when you were on for issue two, you told us, but where did you get your art team uh, together from? Um, well, I mean, Sean is the inker. So him bringing me on was great because it was just like, cool, all we have to do is find a penciler mm -hmm. that we're yeah. super excited about. And we both loved Greg Warrenchak's work on uh, so many other indie properties. And he's just so fast and so animated and he loves hell and Lovecraftian stuff. And so it was just, it was a no brainer. And I think what's been greatest about him, and I'm sure um, Sean will uh, back me on this one is that we've started to be able to just kind of put like minimal thoughts down as far as backgrounds and whatnot are concerned. And suddenly he's finishing the jokes and he's putting in his own little bits of humor and stuff like that, just because he gets it. He's, and it's, it's his chance to have some fun and we don't have to hold the leash. So it's pretty great. That, that is amazing. We had a baby barbarian on last week. And I, when I was reading through the PDF, I really noticed that the artist almost did a, like, was that Don Adams, the mad magazine uh, cartoonist yeah. where, it, the backgrounds were funnier than the actual like <laughs> thing. And I was like, Oh my God, he's really putting this stuff in. And he, he said the same thing. It's so, it's so gorgeous when you can have an artist take a passionate uh, a control and, and really make it their own. That's, that's a wonderful thing to have. That's one of the things that we were really hoping for. We strove since the beginning was to make sure that everybody that was involved was passionate and so when we were looking and kind of scoping out people, like when I pitched the story to Chuck and Chuck was enthusiastic enough to put that comedic spin on it and it came back to me and hit, I'm like, okay, this guy, he's passionate about what he does. 
which is also why he's got free reign as far as the writing goes. There's not, you know, there's not a sharp rein on it or anything. And just like Gregory Warrenchak, we had an idea of the aesthetic of the artwork. We didn't want the super detailed. We didn't want, you know, the 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 super clean line work and stuff because we wanted it to feel since it was going to be black and white, you know, that it's going to be like it's found in hell. So we went with a grungier look, but mm -hmm. we allowed him to run with that as well. And the same thing, even with um, Scott Weldon, our letterer, he's even gotten to the point where he pitches in even his own extras in there too. And so it's just really great to be able to, to turn your, the, have the faith and trust to, you know, let the team go and they just find their way to, to the point. And it's just so great to watch that happen. That's, that's, I loved all of that, but I'm going to go back to the very first thing you said. Um, so Chuck brought the comedy. Was that not part of the concept at first? Were you look, thinking more of a, a, a darker or, or did he just put your comedy on steroids? It was actually, no, no, no. Um, the original idea, if you think about it, it's the original ruler of hell who was tricked out of his powers by Lucifer and the four horsemen. And he's taking back his power and his throne. Mm -hmm. That's, it's not a happy, it's not funny. It's not anything. It was actually, and I'll agree with Chuck. It was actually kind of generic in that base structure, but um, the story of Belial, I did enough research cause that's kind of like my area mm -hmm. um, in that Belial was the original. He was created to rule hell it wasn't he's not evil he's not good he was created to do a job and that is his job and that's what he's doing and um being able to say okay we're not going to take any of this stuff serious right i think that has led us this far even to be somewhat successful because um even religious friends of mine and stuff that have read the book are like oh this isn't like anything what we thought was going on and so we've been able to kind of play that line uh, so to speak, and really focus on the story that's being told and just the theme of where it's located happens to be that it's in hell. Are you ever able to go darker because you have comedy or have you, has, is that, I'm just, I'm expecting that that could be the possibility, but I don't know. I want to say that it's probably very Acme in the way that it's presented. Mm -hmm. If you were to look at the animated things that happen in the story, um, you would definitely, if, if it was to be put in a more serious tone, you'd be like, oh, that that's brutal. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, you've seen number two when uh, Belial's going up against Pestilence. There's a scene right, that, right there where they're fighting and he, you know, he gets a hold of him and it goes through his lower jaw. And if you were to put that in pages with a more serious book or more like strictly horror themed book, you're going to be blood and guts and gore and everything right. else. But again, our presentation and the comedy spin, it, it makes that's a, it's a fun play on what's going on. So well, it appeals to those senses. That's awesome. Hey. Shawnee is in the house. Shawnee, I, I have this special just in case you came in. I'm doing somebody's thank you note tonight. I don't know if you can read your name on it, but <laughs> after the show, we're uh, we're writing your thank you note. So we'll, we'll uh, I'll put something in from your comments so that you know I did it. Unless I drink too much and I forget. But other than that, I'm I'll remind him. I'll remind him. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, that's what Will does at the end. At the end of the the night, he's like, "Hey, you know, you said you're gonna do it." Uh, <laughs> um. So. 
So you've got one more issue. Um, I'm going to assume that script is written. No, it's oh. the outlines and stuff written. When we started it, we gave this is what's happening in issue one. This uh -huh. is what's happening in issue two. This is three. This is four. We right. know where we're going. And we wanted to make sure that we were malleable enough in the story that through the feedback that we got from people that read it, through everything else, and through our own journey as creators, as we grew, we had enough wiggle room to be able to say, this is where we're going to lean in. And we've had a lot of positive feedback, and we've chosen to latch on to that and use that to project the, the story even further. So I think if we would have pre-written a lot of that stuff, we would have missed out on a lot of golden opportunities. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a good point. We, um, we are, however, um, we're already planning on talking towards the end of this month to get the next issue right. um, going. So we're going to be doing that. We already have an outline, but we're going to have an, uh, an even heavier outline, get all the main bullet points, all the main things that are going to happen, and then we get down to the scripting right there. Katrina Rutz, Sean, throwing out the big words like malleable. That's right. You know what? We, we, Will and I might not be that smart, but we bring the smart people on with the words. <laughs> I, I'm going to give Katrina, honestly, you spelled it, I believe, right? Which I'm going to give you credit for because I'd be like, I went to the mall and I was able to do something there. Um, <laughs> and I'd be good enough. I'm not trying to spell that or nothing. Um, so when issue four is done, kickstart it you deliver it is there a team up uh between the uh, the pino barber verse is there anything coming after or is this a divorce i mean i, I can tell you guys don't like each other sorry there's bugs i'm i'm not doing the macarena i swear there's bugs out here i've got the only bright light that's out here um one of the cool things that we did was we kind of planted a good a, a number of open ends for us to be able to branch off should mm -hmm. one thing become successful like the character link so there is there is opportunity there because when chuck brought the character link um i will admit probably during the first issue i i i i, I was my feelers were hurt because a lot of people that's their favorite character and so i'm <laughs> like okay i get it but the way it's worked out through the issues and stuff, I mean, I love Link just as much as anybody else in that story now, too. So, I mean, that's that's just who you're dealing with. You know what I mean? I'm Belial. Chuck is Link. It, it just works out. Well, and what's cool about speaking of Link is um, at the end of this month, uh, the Collective is doing their anthology again. They're oh, going to cool. be kickstarting the Collective. It's an amazing uh, comic uh, well, and I'm sure you've been there before, uh, Kevin, but uh, the, the Collective is a great comic store out of Orlando, and mm -hmm. they're absolutely amazing, and they put together their own anthology, and, along with um, Travis Gibb helps them out, yep. and they put a bunch of different stories together, and they're kind of doing like a Halloween-ish one, and so they hit us up, and they were like, hey, guys, do you want to do something? And um both Sean and our buddy Eric Cockrell had already approached me and said, Hey man, I you're on so many like anthologies and stuff. I would love to do some anthology pieces. And I was like, that's funny. Somebody just mentioned, um, I was possibly doing a Belial piece. So Eric, uh, did the pencils. And of course, Sean was back for the, uh, for the inks. And I wrote this little four page thing 
called uh, Link Thulu, and it's Link versus Cthulhu. No, that is perfect. Eric's artwork is his own unique artwork, yeah. but it's gonna it's going to be um, on on model or on theme with with Belial's artwork. That's that's great. I because I, I, I you know I'm thinking of I think it's blister is what Eric does, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking yeah. of that style, but your characters. That's really yeah. cool. That's exciting to hear. Well, um, what tier? I'm, I'm going to assume people can catch up. If they've missed the first two, they can get all three oh, issues? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. That's those available both in digital catch-up and a physical catch-up. So, and then, of course, there's – you can always add stuff on it. But no matter what tier you get, you know, you now on Kickstarter, you get those add-on opportunities. And so we've enabled people to kind of sift through those and add what they want there, too. Yeah. We don't want anybody to miss out. We got we got some Eric Love in the the chat. That's right. Yeah. He's just a cool dude with an amazing uh, set of multiple skills because he usually writes everything he draws. So that's uh, you yeah. know an extra thing that you guys have is you've got another writer kind of working on the pencils, which is mm -hmm. I can't wait to read that. So oh. Link is basically you guys Urkel, huh? <laughs> I mean, kind of. So what happened is when I was. Um, when we were doing the first draft, I was like, Belial needs like some kind of like little demon buddy or something like that, like an arch demon or whatever. And so I started looking up different types of demons. And as I was doing that, I was like, oh, what about an imp? I don't know. I'll look up an imp. And I looked up imps and I found this really cool story from Lincoln, England. And in the 1400s in Lincoln, England, um, if you were to go to Lincoln now, you would find in that all over that town are imps instead of gargoyles. There's imps on all the, the old structures, the old cathedrals and stuff. And the story goes that at some point in the 1400s, the, um, the earth opened up and all these imps came flying out and they started, you know, destroying crops and um, doing graffiti and wrecking the, yeah. the, the city and all sorts of stuff. And at one point, they were inside the uh, the church. They were breaking the, the stained glass and stuff. And the the Holy Bible in the cathedral opened up, and an angel of the Lord sprung out. <laughs> and he started turning them into stone. And as I'm reading the story, one of the imps picked up a, ro a rock and threw it at the angel. And then the angel turned him into stone. And I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who the hell thinks, like, as an imp, that they have a shot against an mm -hmm. archangel? What the <laughs> hell are you doing? What kind of fearless idiot would you have to be? And when I went fearless idiot, I was like, yes. So if you notice, Link is the only one of our imps, because we do have other imps through the series, who is made completely of stone. And that is because the idea was he was the one that threw that rock. <laughs> and that's why he's called Link from Lincoln, England. Oh, that is awesome. Do you yeah. think do you think that was a, a, a story to like talk about like cicadas or what what do you think that story came from? I have no idea. No really. idea. Because yeah. Yeah, I could see like an insect infestation and yeah. a couple of glasses broke and but but that's such an interesting thing. That's really cool what you yeah. you run into. All right. So the, well, the imp that we're referring to actually, and uh, we did put into an anthology, which I'm going to re-ink actually and remaster that. But um, he is actually uh, the physical 
imp is inside the Lincoln Cathedral. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So you you draw you drew it based on the actual physical thing. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. cool. All right. Well, all right. So Belial, check it out and catch up. But my sweet tooth is yes. uh, <laughs> is hankering. Uh, so Jerry, you said that this is your own small business. How long have you been making these chocolates and teas? Mm -hmm. Um, I've been doing the chocolate since about 2017. The tea is really a new enterprise. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's zero in on chocolate and then I want to talk about tea. Um, how, how does one with that, like I just watched Founder, which is the way that the McDonald's guy stole the whole idea from mm -hmm. McDonald's. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. So don't give me any trade secrets. <laughs> right, right. But in a general, don't let Kevin steal your idea. How does one become a <laughs> chocolate maker? I assume you get little orange guys and then you go from there. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's it's been a process of a lot of trial and error, um, but you know, it's kind of just developed over the years. I guess I really just started with the main idea. Like I, I wanted to make a small business because I'm actually also a comic book artist. And as you guys know, that doesn't make a whole ton of money. Um, and so I wanted to create like a business that would still be creative, but also maybe make a little bit more money than the cho mm -hmm. uh, than the comics do. And um, I thought I was looking at different chocolate companies for kind of inspiration. And I was like, well, you know, none of these really have a theme like, OK, they're like organic bean to bar ones, but no one has like a theme for their chocolate. And I just thought, you know, I love literature. I love reading and books. And, you know, I, I just thought people who like reading like chocolate too mm -hmm. so it was just kind of the ideal marriage of having like literature inspired flavors right. to give it like something completely different than what any of the other chocolate bar companies were doing um but it was kind of a trial and error trying to find um because I can't do it all by myself. Like I, I have like 7,000 bars or more in stock right now. I'm, oh my gosh. I'm like, I do everything except kind of make the bars myself. But um, I do work with a chocolate factory that's a local chocolate factory. And I actually worked with a different chocolate factory initially. But then I found this one that's I'm in Maryland, like Gaithersburg, Maryland. And I found this amazing chocolate factory called River Sea Chocolates in Chantilly, Virginia. So I really collaborate closely with them. I, you know, come up with the recipes. I work with them on tweaking the flavors. Mm -hmm. and, um, they make everything bean to bar. Every They source the cacao from Brazil now. And it's um, from an ind indigenous community. It's fair trade chocolate, which means the farmers are paid well. And it's all wild grown cacao. It's not farmed cacao. So it's a really different chocolate taste. Like chocolate is kind of like um, similar to coffee, like, you know, how coffee, when it's grown in a different place, it takes on a different flavor. So mm -hmm. same thing really with the cacao that it depends on what country it's from. And it has a completely different taste. <laughs> Something like Hershey's, they kind of want to combine all the different cacao to make it homogenous, like make it right. one flavor. Um, so this we kind of embrace like the different flavors that cacao can create. 
So you, um, you, you've all, you've done, uh, I think the, what the poet and the flea and, and plague doctor, mm -hmm. are those available as add-ons to this? Uh, no, like I don't really find that my customers for my chocolate and my customers for my comic books, they don't really usually. You um, haven't found the crossover yet. No. <laughs> I mean, well, it's like just a completely different thing, I guess. <laughs> well, we did talk about the explain yourself bump. So if, if it can happen, Will and I are taking credit for it yeah. for 30 years. You know, when when Hershey's and, and your chocolate company are synonymous, we're going to be saying we did that. We're, we're like, <laughs> I'm, I, I'll give you the credit. <laughs> that's, all, that's all we ask. We, 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 ask, we ask for unearned credit and, and not unearned uh, percentages. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So I, I personally, when I backed this, I was like, you know what? First of all, strawberry and chocolate tastes great. So I went yeah. with the Dorian Gray and, and the tea, which we were going to get to. I'm not, Will, hold me to this line. We got to talk about the tea. Mm -hmm. um, but what are the other, I've, I've got them up on here. I see like a Sherlock Holmes, a, a Lee Miz. What are the different uh, flavors of chocolates that somebody could get if they didn't want the juniper berry and strawberry chocolate? Mm -hmm. Well, we have 13 flavors in total, which includes the Dorian Gray. Um, I would say our most popular flavor is probably Pride and Prejudice, which is black currant and cinnamon and dark chocolate. Um, last year, we did a Kickstarter for the Call of Cthulhu, which is nori seaweed, ginger spice, and candied ginger and dark chocolate. And that one did very, very well. Um, and Christmas Carol is super popular. It's hazelnuts, pears, and nutmeg and dark chocolate, kind of like a Victorian Charles Dickens-esque Christmas. But you don't eat that late at night because of nightmares, correct? Right. Well, yeah, I guess you, I don't know if you want to eat any of the chocolate that late at night with the caffeine in it but yeah because this is serious real chocolate you're probably right well and then on top of that we have three flavors that have tea in them so uh -huh. you know it's like double caffeine what are those um so let's see we sherlock holmes is earl gray tea and honey and white chocolate oh. and that one is like one of my favorites a lot of people are like white chocolate is not real chocolate but it's like no this one is worth your while <laughs> and then we have um the tale of genji which is uji matcha green tea in white chocolate so it's a beautiful green bar and then we have the uh, a little princess which is masala chai in milk chocolate and that one the the chai comes from a company that um imports like the freshest spices from sri lanka so it's like really amazing chai that you can't really get anywhere else <laughs> so it's so funny how like the the different novels or stories in this my, i was almost going to try the mint julep and dark chocolate mm -hmm. but i hate the novel the great gatsby <laughs> and i was like well i'm not gonna they kind I, of I, have I, a love hate for great gatsby as well i get that i you know like hey man it's it's a love it's a love novel it's just not loved in my personal <laughs> home um i don't know i could wake my wife up and ask her but i'd certainly uh, it doesn't work for me so i was like yeah all right mint julep sounds I really hear, cool i hear f scott f scott fitzgerald is buried not very far from where i live i hear him in the distance rolling in his grave <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you uh tell poe to tell him to shut up 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like in Baltimore, exactly. Not too far away either. <laughs> yeah, we 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 we're we're fans of the Raven here. We are not fans of a little rich kid who throws parties to uh, try to get a friggin' flighty, stupid lady's That's attention. Uh, I I have called that. Um, a boring novel about stupid people doing nothing. But that's I, I can get on board with that. <laughs> but 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 I don't have a strong feeling about the book, so let's not talk. Right. <laughs> but no, this is such a great idea. I I, oh, love, I love I love it. I, I just I love it, and I just I might have to I might have to try the Sherlock one. It's I might my have favorite. to do an add-on. I'm a big yeah chocolate fan and i'm trying to convert other people like i like all chocolate really mm -hmm. but you know there's a lot of hate for white chocolate and i think it's so underrated i have mm -hmm. the hate for white chocolate but as a canadian i have the love of tea and right. that earl gray i'm like oh crap that's, earl gray is my absolute favorite so it's like oh damn i might have to get over my crap <laughs> it's like a perfect cup of earl gray tea in bar form oh i hate you yeah i'm gonna have to give oh, oh my gosh that is a sale this is a true explain yourself bump because i am gonna add that that on because i have to try it um so I'm, I'm going to do another sidebar so chuck as a, a canadian um do we say can condolences on the loss of the queen do we say ha 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 that that colonizer got you what what do we say to you we i think most of us like there's another canadian who lives in this small town in texas that i live in and both of us said the same thing and we were like sorry that happened like there wasn't you know it's just like <laughs> That sucks. I mean, she was really good to us, and uh, but we also definitely see the other side of it. So it's just like, yeah. As as a as an American, I put it out there: if if you're English and this hurts you, you have my condolences. If you're English and it doesn't, okay. God bless you. I can see that. And if you're anywhere else in the world and you are sad, condolences. And if you're anywhere else in the world and you're happy. I get that too. There you I, go. Yeah. You know, in, England's a good friend of ours, and I, I don't know, but a couple hundred years but, ago, that wasn't so. So <laughs> the one, the I one thing we both it, agreed on. Oh, sorry. I keep saying that it's season ten of The Crown. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing we both agreed on is we're very excited to go home and visit. And see what the money looks like next time we get there. Oh my God! <laughs> Do they have to draw Charles, and are they going to caricature him? Is it going to be? I don't know, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, so this team. Um, I, I before we started, I said I really wanted to talk about the chocolate tea because I think it is. Everybody, not everybody in the world, but a lot of people are sleeping on chocolate tea. I think it is the tastiest beverage almost in the world. Um, and you said that teas are new to you. So what was the um, what, what was the adventure of becoming a, a tea purveyor? Mm -hmm. Well, I, um, I worked Take that, Sean. I said purveyor. <laughs> <laughs> I worked with another company to make the tea. Um, they're called Plum Deluxe, and they're out of Portland, Oregon. Um, 
So I just, you know, I found them, like I did a lot of research on different tea companies and um, they hand blend their teas. And, you know, I just wanted teas that matched our chocolate flavors. And, you know, I wanted teas that tasted good and <laughs> that would taste good with the chocolate bars. Right. And um, I I'm actually can't drink caffeine past like noon okay. so i also wanted to make sure i had like a non-calf tea as well um so yeah i just wanted to kind of experiment and see what would happen with it and i hope that people enjoy it because <laughs> i don't know if they'll like it or not no one's tasted it yet <laughs> oh that's so interesting and cool i I mean, hats off to you for just doing something unique and interesting and and and, and for my money, really friggin' cool. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, it's always a lot of fun, too, to just come up with the new flavors. I mean, I get a lot of requests, and sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to do that in a chocolate bar flavor. But sometimes it kind of, like, percolates over mm -hmm. time. Like, I get a lot of requests for Frankenstein, and I think I have a few ideas now, finally, for that. I'm not like necrotic flesh in the chocolate? I know, that's what I can <laughs> Blood flavor. Um, you know, I couldn't think of anything, but I think I, I have a few ideas that okay. I can experiment with. Well, and actually, that's, that's a good question. I, I was kind of, are these your personal favorite works of literature or mm -hmm. um how, how did you how do you choose your books it's a combination like I it's kind of some of them are kind of love hate things <laughs> I have a very love hate for Dickens like I kind of get really mad at Dickens so <laughs> um because actually my favorite author is Wilkie Collins who was Dickens BFF and not given any credit today for any, like no one knows who Wilkie Collins is now. And he was so prolific and I think the better writer and better storyteller of the two. Um, so, and also lots of strong female characters and like um, characters with disabilities who weren't like villainized for those disabilities and things like that. Like Tiny Tim wasn't villainized. Well, I mean, but he was, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he was you know, they have these, Dickens always has like the weak female characters who can't yeah. do anything for themselves right. and like mm -hmm. you know they I just feel like Wilkie Collins also did the research like whenever he had a disability he like in one of his characters it was always like researched to the T to make sure it was accurate and I'm like that's rare for a Victorian writer to do right. um mm -hmm. so yeah but I guess it's kind of this the flavors are kind of a collection of <clears throat> trying to do diverse authors like having female authors having you know different countries like I have a flavor from Japan I want to event um my next flavor I think I want to do a Middle Eastern one um so kind of just trying to do different <laughs> flavors and um and yeah, so it's it's not necessarily my favorite books ever, but I think it's books that people are familiar with mm -hmm. so that they, because if you have a really obscure book, no one is going to be particularly interested. Right. In the no matter what the flavor is, right? Yeah. So you, you kind of alluded to this with Frankenstein in that you have some ideas, but you haven't nailed it and therefore you don't have a Frankenstein bar. Are there any other novels that you have wanted to work with, but you just haven't found the flavor uh, yet? Yeah. Um, and should we and should we spit all this? Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I, 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 I whiteboard. Um, 
so many different ideas and there's so many different directions to go in. And like, I get a lot of requests, I think, for sci science fiction. So I'm always like, oh, maybe I should do like Jules Burns. machine or I should do, yeah, or I should do like, you know, eight, whatever the Jules Verne 80, is that 80,000 leagues yeah. under the sea? 20. 20,000. Like eight, around the world in 80 days. 80 days. Yeah. Leagues under the sea. Around the um, world in 20,000 leagues, I think. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I get a lot of like Shakespeare requests where I'm like, I don't know. Hamlet bar doesn't sound very appetizing or like a Macbeth bar. Blood, Blood Orange? Blood Orange? I don't know. <laughs> well, see, that I get the request for orange and chocolate all the time and that's like yeah. the one thing i'm allergic to so. oh so yeah that, yeah much so, ado yeah, about nothing yeah <laughs> much ado about nothing that's the one man right but there much ado about nothing i think that's like a reference to female genitalia crap, <laughs> crap. nothing being the opposite of something in your oh. so so you could go, do a it. really, you could do a really sexy chocolate bar. You know the unbearable yeah. lightness of being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had. A I'm, I'm not going to tell you what shape to do oh, the Tomas no. bar. Yeah. But... <laughs> I get a few requests for like Karma Sutra, Karma Sutra chocolate, and I'm like, wow. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it just comes in different just... shapes that you can put together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is really. It just depends on if you want to be a millionaire or not. Oh uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I have to hit on the right thing at the right. Ooh, time. we have a great one in the chat. The Midsummer Night's Dream, the pup yeah, bar. Yeah, I, I have. That was the one that I felt of Shakespeare that I felt was appetizing, and I was thinking maybe like a fig flavor, or some kind of fruit flavor, but I haven't taken the plunge on that one yet. You don't think <laughs> Macbeth would be tasty? Come on. What would it be, though? No, <laughs> I have to reread it. I have to, I don't know. I not at to... all. Not at all. That's just a sweaty, bloody, ter oh, terrible. Guys, guys, how are we skirting the issue? How have we not all landed on King Beer? All right? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> King Beer. I'm telling you. Yeah, I haven't done don't... a beer flavor yet. I have, you know, rum and coconut for Treasure Island. Nice. And I have the mid yeah. Gatsby. But a beer flavor might be... Very you could do like a dark lager or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that could be. Don't uh, don't don't do Dracula because it would suck. <laughs> <laughs> I also have you. Any of you tried reading Dracula? I find it impossible to read. I find it so poorly written. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. It's a journal. I yeah, I read it a very long time ago, and I was surprised that the Francis Ford Coppola novel seemed to be a uh, not novel movie seemed yeah. to be more thought out than the novel because usually <laughs> yes. that's not yeah. the, the case yeah. um but then i think that we rewatched. um is it the mummy the original mummy like the 1939 mummy mm -hmm. has the reincarnation story oh, so right. what coppola did is he took the reincarnation story from the mummy oh. and like just attached it Frankenstein style to Dracula <laughs> and made that's interesting. still not a great movie, but a, a better movie to it's me. It's better than Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein. Guaranteed. <laughs> the most beautiful, terrible movie I've ever seen. So pretty to look at. Whose idea was it to cast Robert De Niro as the creature? I don't know who <laughs> thought that was a good idea. <laughs> 
Hollywood. No, Wendy says, loved Frankenstein, though. Yes, the Frankenstein novel is yeah. awesome. Wendy. Brilliant. You are right. It, it, Frankenstein stands up. I, I agree totally. Yeah. And actually, she wrote another one uh, called The Last Man, which. Right. Yeah, which why The Last Man? I know that one. Ned, not quite. <laughs> which is uh, deals kind of with uh, a pandemic and, you know, people dying from a disease. It's. I, it would never happen. We would band together. We would do the things we need to do. And yeah, it would just we would wear masks and it would be okay. Yeah. A pandemic would be three to six weeks and it would be over. That's a very short book. Two years later. Right. And we all did what we needed to do and helped each other out. The yeah. end. Do you, Jerry, do you have any, because as a cook, what you're doing is blowing my mind. Like I'm so excited by what you're doing. Do you have any specific ingredients that you look at and you go, I gotta find something to do with you? Like a a anything? Is there are there any specific okay. ingredients where like I find a bar for you, sweetheart? I will. I have, I have an unhealthy obsession with wanting to do a camel milk chocolate. Wow. <laughs> Arabian nights, baby. Exactly. Arabian exactly. nights. Yeah. But I don't, I think the camel's milk is a little expensive. Like there oh. are camels in the U.S. that you can buy the milk from, but it's like $25 a bottle or something Ooh. crazy. <laughs> so I might, I'm trying gonna try to convince my chocolate factory to do a goat's milk chocolate bar which i think would be so good too <laughs> i mean i would try it I, yeah. I i i it's one of those things where i would try it with the, the thought that i'm probably gonna love this or hate this yeah and, no, I think you did and, it. and it's worth the excitement to know yeah yeah if, if i bet if you did it it'd be like that um what they did with the coffee from the bat droppings and stuff. No. <laughs> I bet, I bet oh, it'd be like super expensive because it's, it's so like hard to source. Yeah, wasn't it a cat? Wasn't it the cats ate it and pooped there's, it out and then they used that? Yeah, I think there's different ones, but yeah, there's... You realize, Jerry, that you have the right two other guests on this show, right? Because like any other two guests would be trying to find a way to go back to their book. But meanwhile, our fat asses are like, no, no, let's talk about chocolate. Do that. It'll, it'll fun. It'll fun. It's fine. It's fine. We don't care. What? So what else are you doing? Like tea, what? <laughs> I would love to do like a Dante's, like a divine comedy or an oh inferno bar, but I'm not quite sure what that would be yet. It would be are you seven, kidding me? It would be seven different Oh, so that's a good each, idea. each like layer of the chocolate would be right. a different. I don't oh, know if you can do that. Factory would murder me for that. Yeah, <laughs> but you could they even would. do like a, a mole style chocolate with some uh, with some cayenne and whatnot. Okay, yeah. look, look, yeah. look. Sean pulled out a word I knew. I said, "Mole." What are you saying? What is mole? Mo mo mole is a uh, spicy chocolate from Mexico. Okay, right. slow it down. Slow it down. I'm not that smart, Chuck. Come on. Mole is Mole. a chocolate sauce, and it's spicy, and it's from Mexico, and I believe usually it has cayenne in it. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking of doing cayenne for Karma Sutra because they yeah. thought that, like, they used it as an aphrodisiac, or, like, there was a fake aphrodisiac that they used, but it was really cayenne pepper or something. Yeah, Shawnee. <laughs> You're my girl. Shawnee knows what Malay is. <laughs> I needed someone to know. 
I've heard of that before. I've heard of mole. Um, yeah. So, oh, well, and then my other big conundrum, I used to have a Count of Monte Cristo bar, but it oh. was muscat raisins and dark chocolate. Cause there's a great scene in the book with muscat grapes. And I, it's hard to get them first of all, because I think all of them go into Moscato wine and not into making raisins. Okay. And then everyone had all my customers were like, ew, raisins, how dare you? <laughs> Even though I have like other dried fruit and other flavors, but they're like, oh, raisins, no. And then it's like muskrat. And I'm like, no, it's no. Muskrat. <laughs> so yeah. now I have to come up with a different flavor for Monte Cristo. I have to like reread the book, which I love, but it's like over a thousand pages. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 book spoke to me. I I just... love that. I love it so much. <laughs> I should find one to use like with pomegranate. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. There's so many different ways. My mom wants me to do a lemonade bar because there's poison lemonade in Monte Cristo. And I'm like, poison. No one's going to buy this chocolate bar. Well, you don't have to say, mention the poison. I, well, because I, so, I do like the story behind the flavor, uh, so I can't not mention the poison. So, so, so uh, Shawnee put this up, you know, stick with the toxic fruits, Kevin. If you ever, ever want to go on the, on the side of mentioning that the chocolate bar might kill you, I have lemon Lamorgue, I have cherry macabre, I have tart acid. So we'll talk after if you want to go into the scary area of will this food kill you? But if you don't, I will understand completely. I'm trying to keep my customers alive so that they buy more chocolate. So. That seems like a good choice. Okay, I get it, I get it. All right, Jerry, yes. let's, let's throw down something. You had an amazing, you went to sleep, you wake up, and you got an influx of a bunch of new backers. You're mm -hmm. so excited. You go to your, your, uh, your, your pantry, you have every tea you could possibly think of. What is your celebration tea? What are you grabbing? Uh, probably, it's between matcha and Earl Grey, like Harney's and Sons Earl Grey tea. I mean, huge, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you. I, Earl Grey for me is like, I'm actually either super depressed and just trying to bring myself up a little bit, or I'm I'm low key celebrating, and I'm gonna sit down with an Earl Grey tea. Lipton's actually has a uh, a vanilla Earl Grey tea, oh, yeah. which I and that has become my my celebratory tea. And then regular is my come on, Chucky, get up, get up, you got this, you can do this. So when did you ask chamomile because oh, it's no no caffeine and chamomile, so that's usually my go to tea. What were you saying? Wendy Gale asked, do you have any with spice, like hot spice? And as yeah. soon as she said spice, I thought Dune. <laughs> oh, dude. I try to stay in the public domain, though, because I don't want to get sued by anybody. That is a, that is a wonderful choice. That is a wonderful choice. Um, yeah, I, I think the spiciest one we have right now is Cthulhu because it has the ginger spice and the candy ginger. And it's well, really she's from thing. the friggin' Spice Girls. That's not public domain. 
<laughs> That's true. Well, and it's ironic. I'm Jerry and Ginger Spice is Jerry. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Growing up, I got a lot of, you know, people calling me Ginger Spice. <laughs> That's okay. She was one of the best five. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I was going to say she was the best one. And then I thought, well, she was cool. She was cool. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to insult any. I really want to rewatch Spice World because that movie is so bizarre. Fever <laughs> <laughs> Dream or was Meatloaf really their bus driver? <laughs> You know, he had a couple lean years there. So <laughs> before, before Fight Club, he was really yeah. struggling. Right. So give, give the men a break. <laughs> and like now you, you want, I see like clips from yeah. Spice World and it's like, oh, there's Dominic West and like there's Hugh Laurie. And it's like all these famous actors that we know now are in Spice World. That's awesome. So Wendy says, uh, is it mole? Is that how you say it? Mole? Yep. mole? Mole tends to have some spice. It's a nice chocolate and spice combo. So, hey, you know what? We're all here to learn. We're here to learn about <laughs> Kickstarter projects, and we're here, here to learn about spicy chocolate sauces. <laughs> I do want to do like a Mexican or Spanish flavor, but I have I was like, Don Quixote. I don't know that anybody else reads Don Quixote anymore. Or like, you know, I don't know. Have you ever read Green Mansions? No, I don't think so. I believe it's it's South America. I believe uh -huh. it's set in Venezuela or Peru. But is but it in the public domain though? Uh, I would be almost certain it is. Nineteen oh eight, nineteen eleven. I would be almost certain it is. It is. It is to me. The most beautiful romance novel ever written. Check that out. That sounds. Um, and it is in Latin America. Um, mm -hmm. No, no idea what it is, but it's absolutely great. There is a movie with Anthony Perkins, um, definitely, um, oh. and it's just a, a a great love story. And uh, what out. you got to do is do what Kevin did accidentally, and skip the um, the first like twenty pages, which is a preamble. <laughs> Which, okay. you know, when, when you get the novels, you're like, the preamble is just somebody else talking about the novel. Right. I skipped it and I started where the novel starts and everybody else in my class read that part. And it's like, you know, 13 to 20 pages of uh -huh. just the most boring travelogue you've ever read. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I, it, started yeah. where, I started where the story starts and it's lovely. So right. skip the first part and get so to where funny. the guy gets found by indigenous people. And then oh, cool. and see if you can find a chocolate bar. I promise I will buy your green mansion. I'll, I'll have bar. to look, look at that. It's like Les Miserables where there's like a hundred pages about the Paris sewer. And it's like, I oh, can't, I can't deal with Les Miserables. I love, the, I love the Broadway show. I cannot deal with the novel. Shawnee comes in with, oh my wow. God, we have the most, we have the smartest people watching this show. Will? And I are the dumbest people, but the people that come on it and watch it are so GD smart. Shawnee, Green Mansions by William Henry Hudson, 1904. That's cool. That's cool. Wow. I also have a desire to do like a noir-esque bar, oh. like the 39 Steps or something like that. Oh, like a scotch and a dark chocolate somehow. Like good. A yeah yeah cigars but somehow get that that feeling of a cigar and a scotch in a chocolate bar i'm i'm obsessed with noir so like i have to put it in there somehow oh that's cool <laughs> yeah <laughs>
Oh, well, I mean, this has been so much fun, everybody. I, I really appreciate it. And I, I'm really excited about both Bilal and these chocolate bars. Um, but the, I don't like the tease. Like, so before we go, I really want to, how do you, how do you put together a tea? How, do, how does this happen? Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's not as exciting as you might expect. Um, I basically <laughs> I talked. How, how did you seriously think that we were all like, dude, this is a freaking joyride? Like, she made tea. This is a, a roller coaster of craziness. Let's hear Just this. Just smuggle it in. <laughs> I think it's less exciting than it you I think even though you would think that it was not exciting it's even less exciting than that listen That's if this isn't an if this isn't adrenaline straight to my heart <laughs> then this show is over you have to bring I, it I'm I'm imagining tied up condoms with it all stuffed inside <laughs> I smuggled over borders and stuff I'm ready for this I'm ready let's hear this amazing story <laughs> well I basically talked with Plum, I found this company Plum Deluxe and I talked with them about the I already had the flavors in mind I know I want, knew I wanted to do Pride and Prejudice, Christmas Carol and Dorian Gray which would all like correspond with my chocolate bar flavors that already existed and so I just basically told them what ingredients I was interested in and then they sent me samples like I think there were two or three different versions of each flavor mm -hmm. so then I tried the different versions of the flavors <laughs> and tried to figure out which one was the best one of the three and with then the chocolate, that was though, what right? I went with and had and ordered more of it from them so did, did, did you take taste them with the chocolate or taste them on their own? Um, I tasted them. I'm so familiar, I think, with the chocolate that I knew what would taste good. Okay. And like, I, I mean, I'm sure that I can always go back and tweak it, but I think it, I think they'll taste good with the chocolate, but um, it, it was really kind of just a matter of like, is that too much flavor or not enough flavor? And like, and then there was kind of a fiasco where I specifically requested for like every tea on their website had orange in it, which is the one thing I'm allergic to. And I like was like, please do not put any orange in it. And then they told me the ingredients after I tried them all. And it was like, oh, orange, orange, orange. And I was oh, like, God. oh, I'm glad I didn't have an allergic to re reaction to that. Can you take? all of the orange out. They were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. So maybe there was a bit more excitement in that story. Than yeah, I honestly, I think it, I think that right there at the end, it got pretty scary. It <laughs> yeah, it's not adrenaline. That's an EpiPen. I not end up in the hospital. So. You know what? We suffer for our art and our commerce. Yeah. And if you don't understand that, you just don't know what it's like to be an indie. Indie comic or That's chocolate creative. You're not ready to be creative, obviously. <laughs> you're, just not, you're not hardcore enough. Now, now, before we go, I do want to ask about the the poet and the flea. Now, you you take um, existing poetry, and then you draw, you illustrate it. Um, where did this idea come from? You can't get it as an add-on, but it's definitely worth it's checking out. It's on my online store if, okay. if anybody wants to, to buy a copy. Or it's on Tapas for free. 
um, the first volume. Um, so the poet and the flea is about the poet painter William Blake and um, his painting the ghost of a flea, which you might think, oh, a flea, that's not scary. But the ghost of a flea is this large, scaly, muscular creature that drinks blood. Um, and so that's where the poet and the flea comes from. It's William Blake and the ghost of a flea. And Blake says that he truly did see this flea, this ghost come to him at his home and it haunted him. Like he had visions of angels and visions of ghosts. Like he was visited by the ghost of Voltaire. But um, so he also had this vision of this very scary flea. And um, so my graphic novel is kind of incorporating Blake's poetry and the aesthetic of his paintings and drawings, because a lot of people don't realize he was also an art, a visual artist and also telling the story of his life and work through the lens of this ghost that is kind of competing for his soul with an angel so it's actually kind of like your comic with the you know um death and satan and all that kind of stuff so it's it's definitely related to all of that wow <laughs> well it's it's definitely a trip i i, I read a, a little bit of it and i was just like where is everything coming from but but <laughs> not knowing the history and stuff that's that's really cool and i wanted to be like all right you know like the chocolate and tea are awesome back it but this is a comic creator too. check out her work because yeah. i i don't i don't want to you know just be like because the chocolate's so cool but but i also want people to know that you're you know you you put you put the pen to the paper and you create right. sequential art uh as well more so than us just silly only writers but um that, that's really great <laughs> you also did the, the, the plague yes the plague doctor is that another one that you did yeah um the plague and doctor came um that one is about a 17th century plague doctor um it's a dark comedy so all of the humor kind of comes from these true historic uh, treatments that they would use for the bubonic plague and it's like you know a urine bath or you know soaking a robe in garlic and that's, wearing it or <laughs> that's the chuck berry uh idea on how to keep people healthy uh i, I i'm sorry i just heard an american icon but he did do it so uh, uh shawnee did ask i want to get this jerry if we're only able to pledge for a couple flavors of either chocolate or tea Will we be able to order other flavors later on? Good yes. Question. Yes. Hopefully the plan is that I will reopen my online store after the Kickstarter, but the it's good to pledge to the Kickstarter because like things could sell out. Like mm -hmm. I do have a lot in, in my inventory, but um, it's possible that we might run low on certain things. So it's good to do the Kickstarter to reserve your flavor, but whatever's left over after the Kickstarter, I'll reopen my store and it'll be available on openbookchocolates.com. Okay, cool. I wanted to get that in, but now I want to go back to the urine baths and <laughs> other insane uh, things that they wanted to do. Yeah, they um, ate ground emeralds and of course, bloodletting, leeches, yeah. those are the, the typical ones. And um, the plague doctors, it's so interesting because they were really hired by 
the town to treat both the rich and the poor. So they, you know, weren't discriminating, you know, it was whoever, it, it wasn't like someone had a patient had to pay them. They were already being paid and they would just treat anybody who was sick, but obviously they didn't last very long because <laughs> they would get <laughs> sick themselves. Right. Um, but they did wear the costume to try to prevent themselves from getting sick. It's such so. an iconic, like when you, when you yeah. see that, that, that outfit, it, it, it brings something out of our ancestral memory. I don't, cause you look at it and you kind of like pull away <laughs> and then you think about what they actually did to people. And you're like, yeah, it's, there's a reason that I'm afraid of snakes <laughs> and plague doctors. They both killed a lot of ancestors. Of mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, like put chickens anuses on their wounds, you know, for Bubon. that was, well, another that, that makes sense though. <laughs> I mean that that makes sense. The bloodletting yeah. doesn't, but a chicken anus makes a lot of sense. <laughs> my my grandma used to do chicken anuses all the time. <laughs> yeah. so. And she lived to thirty two years old. So thirty eight. Kevin, calm down. Thirty three. All right. So come on. So you're being rude. <laughs> I, I do remember somebody in college. They had taken a sociology class, and they learned that um, the the uh, the American colonized. Colon, colonizers um, lived like a decade longer than the British for about 30 years because no doctors came over to the colonies. Literally, <laughs> the lifespan in America went from like 40 to 50 because we had fewer doctors here bloodletting so and scalding <laughs> and giving a nice burn to people with a, uh, with a, so a throat. Funny. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's am, it's it's amazing. Am I the only one, Kevin, who feels like when they do the movie of Jerry and all of her amazing works and whatnot, <laughs> that she would be played by Janet from the good from the Good Place? Because I can see that now that you said absolutely, yeah, dead ringer. Can, <laughs> now that you say that's it, I can line, see it. Yeah, right? even that's the voice a little bit dead ringer. <laughs> Now I have to play. What is it? Softball? Isn't she on that? Um, oh, own. she is the yeah. League of Her Own. I don't. I don't know the first thing about yeah. softball. I'm sorry. Well, well, first of all, baseball, not softball. It was. I don't know the baseball. first thing about baseball, so that's not helpful. And the reason I'll say this is my grandmother's sister. So I don't know what great aunt that becomes. She was a pitcher at that time in in oh, this world because all the men went over to to fight in world war ii yeah. and she was uh she my, my my grandma was flo and my and her sister was Faye. so Faye smith was a fast pitch pitcher oh. and one of the first women to work on computers like she didn't invent it, but she worked on computers and her company had a women's fast pitch baseball team. And when I, I met her like two times in my life and one of the times we were up at her house and she had the clippings of the different games and she had like six strikeouts and whatever. Oh, that's so, dope. so, uh, Faye Smith, God love you. I miss you. You're a hero. And if you watch a league of your own, she wasn't good enough to be in that league, but you know, my great great aunt maybe um, yeah. did that, and I'm super proud of her. So that's so cool. Yeah, 
And there, there was one, there was one clipping where one, one person on the team, it wasn't her kind of like took her teammates to task. Cause some people didn't show up at the game, you know, like, oh, I can't believe, you know, we would have won except people didn't take this serious. And when I, I, I asked her, I was like, so what happened that game? She goes, I don't know. I think I might've skipped it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> well, that, that woman was very mad at you. <laughs> Some of the people. That's great. Well, this has been a fabulous night, um, but uh, let's, let's do one last 30 second pitch. Belial, uh, Sean, you didn't do it at the beginning. So at your next comic convention, if someone's coming past your uh, booth, uh, how would you get their attention about Belial? For me, I tell people it's the indie comic book that's been dubbed as the Hellboy meets Mr. Pickles. As Belial, who has had his throne and his power taken away from Lucifer, he now has to face the four horsemen of the apocalypse and Lucifer himself to reclaim what was rightfully his. Nice. All right. And I mean... I, I would just say chocolate. I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> but Jerry, how would you bring get somebody's attention if you were at your local farmer's market? How would you get them to your booth? Um, the perfect gift for the book lover in your life. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, you can, even if you don't like books, if you like chocolate, you can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, even illiterate, illiterate people will enjoy your chocolate. Right. <laughs> like the movie version or the musical or whatever it's fine no problem I, yeah <laughs> I, I do want to say that somebody brought it up but yes my favorite broadway show in the history of the world bar none is les mis and i have tried six times to read that novel and it is putrid <laughs> the worst prose i've ever read it is so it's translation though I don't know the one I bought. Try the I don't penguin. Know. Tra penguin classic is always the best translation. All right, Shawnee, I'm writing penguin on your thank you note. <laughs> <laughs> Look, either learn French or don't take it seriously, Kev. All right, whatever. <laughs> That's what Ludo told me. <laughs> <laughs> but he has it easy. <laughs> he already knows right. French. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Will and I are going to go through some of the campaigns that have been on the show in the in the past. And some of our friends that haven't made it on but have a live campaign, we would love to have you here. But also, uh, if you are in 111 degree temperatures and would like to go in the AC, please do so. <laughs> um, or if it's bedtime also, uh, we, we appreciate you coming on and let us know when you have another campaign. And we will we will hang out again. Much appreciated, man. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Absolutely. And Wendy says, all you have to say, Jerry, is gourmet chocolate. And I think that is <laughs> absolutely right. Like the SpongeBob chocolate. Right? <laughs> hey, idiot, it's chocolate. Oh, no, I'll be right there. <laughs> You're like, it's really not difficult. <laughs> all right. So, Will... Uh, we say it every week. Mike Shea is uh, an early to bed, early to rise, uh, a hard ass worker, and he cannot be on the show because we just do it too late. But Miskatonic High is a fabulous series. Uh, check it out. They have a yearbook now where you can get your picture and a quote in it. I would definitely go on there just to add on and catch up on Miskatonic High. 
or go to your local comic shop and uh, try to order it because you can get, I think, about the first three issues uh, now. Miskatonic High, it's a Lovecraftian meets Buffy, and it's awesome. Mike is a great dude, and the he his artist Ryan and him have just put together an amazing series. Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's see, what have we got? Um, I think ending tomorrow, A Fistful of Pain. Oh, yeah. From uh, Ryan K. Lindsay and uh, Louis Joyce from Comics Tribe. Uh, we had Tyler on last week talking about it. Yeah, that is uh, Sibling Rivalry, Kung Fu, Dragons. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to overdo it because I don't want to insult anybody. But Ryan K. Lindsay's writing is one of the most um, quality and quantity uh, almost every one of his books just blows me away. It, it makes me feel intoxicated while I'm reading it. There's a buzz in my brain because he's just on a different wavelength and that wavelength confuses and excites me. <laughs> and uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm here for anything Ryan K. Lindsay and anything Comics Tribe and certainly worth it. And there's only about, what, 28 hours, 30 hours left? I think their final day, maybe just 24 at this point yeah. so so get on it if you're watching live and if you're you're watching a little bit late sorry um yeah. <laughs> you should have listened to last week's podcast yeah exactly. um, <laughs> uh, dragon, um, dragon girl and oh wait sorry go for it. uh dragon girl and albino warrior uh albino. Al yeah albino warrior um that's the uh one of the books <clears throat> coming from the omen comics universe and you get uh, some interesting well, I mean, she's going to be a dragon girl. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can spoil that one. He yeah. he basically said it's in the title. We get to spoil yeah. that one. A, a young lady has a a life altering disease, and uh, in the the new medical way that they treat her, she becomes a dragon girl. And luckily, there is a monk, the an albino monk, that is coming over to help her try to fulfill her destiny. So it's a little bit of kung fu, a little bit of sci fi, a little bit of uh, you know, uh, <laughs> fantasy. It's just a, a cool little thing. And check that out. They've got a lot of huge plans for this. Another uh, friend of the show that hasn't been on for this one is Russell Nolte, Ichabod Jones. Uh, I've, I've said it, Ichabod Jones and Pixie Dust are my favorite uh, books that Russell has put together. Ichabod is either a really sweet guy who's really trying to save the world from demons that are killing us all or an insane man who happens to be killing innocent people thinking <laughs> he's saving us all. And uh, we're going to read uh, volume four to find out which it is. So, uh, but it, it is a fun, it's a fun romp that goes between perspectives of this dystopian world or an insane asylum or his head, or I don't know. It's it's a fun it's a fun uh, world that Russell has come up, and this is the final volume, so get on it. Oh, we already talked about Baby Barbarian, young adult, uh, but but great for anybody older. Fun comedy about a kid who sits on a throne that takes him to the land of fun and games, where the king wouldn't allow anybody to work or do anything serious. And uh, just a, a fun, a fun romp about a kid who wants to be a barbarian getting to live out his dream. 
Legends of the Realm. Jack Holder was on. He talked. This is a fantasy that really looks at perspective. So he can tell you the same story from two different point of views and show you how the story changes based on who is uh, perceiving the story. I haven't read it yet, but that that idea really has me excited and I want to check it out. But that 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 thought of, you know, that guy who runs out and helps the person, depending on who's looking at the story, it might be a hero and it might be a villain. And I think that's a fun thing to explore and comics are the way to explore it. Um, Samantha Branch, who has come on for will not bow. Um, she has, she does these coloring books and, uh, she has incredible talent, super sexy artwork, and she is using it to do a coloring book that can be not safe for work. So if you're into that, if you're into coloring some nice, sexy mermaids, uh, we have got the book for you. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, let's see, is that, do we get through the list there? I, that's the list in our banners, I think. I've, I've got two more that I've just backed, uh, within the last couple of days. Uh, Mr. Guy, Zombie Hunter, uh, numbers one and two from our friends at uh, Oneshi Press. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, so they're out there and, uh, I think, uh, our, our pal Travis Gibb just launched No Contest, The Fight Lawyer. Oh, yep. gosh, I missed that one. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. They just did uh, Puff and Wicked like three days ago. When did they sleep? They don't. They don't. So, I, I feel lazy because I only do, you know, like two or three a year, and, you know, people are doing like one a month. I, I Travis and Phil and Cat <laughs> make us all look bad, and I hate yeah, them all. Right. I do, too, except I like them, but I hate them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I like them, but I do hate them. So, Katrina, oh, I didn't realize. I, we probably, if I would have looked through it, would have seen. So cool, Katrina worked on Ichabod. So uh, that's great. And we're going to have Katrina on, I believe, October 7th to talk about her next Kickstarter. I, uh, I, I, I reached out to her, and she's like, yeah, I'm on your schedule. I was like, I, I don't pay attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> And I think you put her on the schedule too. So there I, is a I, reason I put people on the schedule the second they that they reach out because I'm going to forget it either way. But as long as I put you on the schedule, you're in the show, and everything is hunky dory. So uh, Chuck and Jerry, thank you for hanging out. Sean, I know that you've gone in, probably done the thing where you open up the fridge and just put your face in it, <laughs> or the and, freezer. Well, that's just a little bit much. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's shock inducing yeah, yeah I, I mean come yeah. on no I really appreciate it. had a fabulous time so uh, you know just when you got another campaign please reach out we'd love to have you on again and uh, everybody that was in the comments Shawnee, Wendy, Katrina uh, just fabulous to talk to you and just a, a real a real pleasure we're going to close up the shop because i've got a thank you note to write to shawnee and uh, uh will is going to hold me to that line so thank you everybody we will talk to you soon have a good week thanks thank you